Howdy. Good to How's be with it? you guys. So good. You know, guys, we've heard of advance and maybe that's been kind of a concept and we've had advanced premiums, we've had advanced gatherings, but for us, it really is a network of relationships, people that love God and who are keen to plant churches and get the message of his life out there. Greg leads a church um, up the coast. This is called Klabeka now, Greg, is that what it's called? The new name? <laughs> and how's Covenant? Yeah, you're getting yeah. it. Yeah, how's Covenant Grace Church doing? How's the last two years been for you guys, man? Thanks, Paul. And yeah, greetings to, to everyone who's uh, with us online. It's good to be with you guys. Um, man, it's been a crazy, what are we, almost two years. Hey? I said to the guys this morning, a year and a half. And uh, I guess we're just really hoping that Uncle Cyril will be extremely kind to us tonight. <laughs> um, yes. It's been a long, hard slog, to be honest. Um, in some ways, I think in the beginning, we were quite... Um, naive and excited and the prospect of online ministry i'm sure you guys felt the same in many ways you know we're going to reach lots of new people and there was a little bit of that but uh, the novelty wore off very quickly and i think that this last kind of restricted lockdown has been probably the toughest i felt mm. personally the most distant from my congregation i mean after all we're pastors and we want to be with our people um you know if we use the metaphor of a shepherd and the sheep we want to be with the sheep you know and it's just been a long hard stretch this last uh last couple of weeks um but god has been incredibly kind our congregation has been amazingly supportive um we've just had to learn new ways of communicating and staying in contact um but having said that nothing beats you know person to person face to face um yeah you know yeah so we're good we're, we're doing well and uh given the circumstances we're we're uh we've been very god's been very kind to us yeah and I, and like you said in an hour's time we could have sunday gatherings back in communion wine communion wine return to the table eh? so let's look forward to you. greg one of the um the reasons we're chatting is that actually we had a great chat this week because um we're about to launch a series in exodus and uh, you guys had that as your book for last year. You know, you spent a significant amount of time in that book. And I know you, somebody who loved, loves God's word and studying it. And so you've, you've lived in this book um, for 2020 and we're about to sort of get into it ourselves. And so I'd love to just hear you, you know, before we launch into it, I just thought it would be great to, to ask you a couple of questions and then Drew will share God's, uh, you know, word with us. But just the, the question, why Exodus? You know, what, 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 um, what motivated you guys to look at it? And, and maybe that would be a good question to start with. Yeah, well, I think um, in terms of motivation, there were, there were two, two things. We had just finished uh, two years in the Gospel of Luke. Um, and so we'd been uh, extensively um, saturated in the, the Gospel narrative and the life of Christ. And um, we we felt like it would be helpful for us to go back into the old Testament. So that was one motivating thought, um, you know, just kind of trying to, trying to balance, you know, being under all of scripture. And uh, although we, you know, are, are a new Testament, new covenant people, um, you know, we, we believe it's one book and God writes his story from beginning to end. And we're part of that amazing story. Um, and then the second motivation was just the, richness of a book like Exodus and I guess you could say that of any book but um, what I found interesting in the New Testament is that the apostles and 
themselves, uh, the New Testament authors, um, often use the Exodus narrative to describe the gospel story or to talk about the individual Christian experience, you know, from darkness to light, uh, the story of rescue, the story of deliverance. Um, there's just so many angles on the gospel that actually derive its core uh, root meaning from the Exodus narrative itself. And, um, and so it just was one of those books that I'd never preached through before. And um, it was just, uh, yeah, we just felt like it was a perfect opportunity. Um, there are just so many wonderful uh, expressions of the gospel in, in and throughout the book. And the irony of that is, you know, people would think, oh, you know, it's all about the law. You know, isn't the law at the center of this book? <laughs> and actually, it's really all about the gospel. Um, and, uh, and it actually provides a wonderful opportunity for us to disciple our people in how do we understand the interaction between law and gospel? And what role does the law play in the life of the Christian today? And, um, and the, the book of Exodus just presents it so wonderfully. You know, you've got the people of God rescued uh, from slavery in Egypt uh, prior to receiving the law. And so there it is straight up front. Grace precedes law. Grace comes before the law. And the law is added to an existing relationship. The law is not given in order to create a relationship with God. The law is added to maintain and sustain a relationship with God. And so all of these wonderful truths come out in, in the book. Um, so that was part of the motivation. It's wonderful, Greg. We've actually just spent two years in Mark when we've had different series between, but we've also just spent a lot of time in the gospel. Drew's going to take us there again tonight. So it's quite nice to see the similarities. Cool. I also know you told us that, that basically you hit the plagues in Exodus just as the first lockdown got announced last year. And you were like, I just can't preach plagues in the middle yeah. of this. Like, it's just too close. So you, you did a 10-week block on the Psalms, which I also thought was great wisdom. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the opportunity to just say something that you shouldn't say in that moment was just too, uh, too obvious. And so, yeah, we hit pause and uh, managed to process what COVID was all about and then go back into it. And uh, I'm grateful yeah. we did that. <laughs> and, um, you know, maybe last question, Greg, just... Um, I know you said to me, you know, some helpful things like we, we, instead of jumping forward to Christ, we should look at Genesis. We should look back first. When we look in the book of Exodus, we're going to spend 12, 13 weeks in this book. And you don't want to like get 10 weeks in and go, oh, I, I didn't have that lens. So could you just fire off like some of your best thoughts? I mean, spent such a long time in Exodus for us to be aware of and to think about. It'd be great to for hear sure. those. For sure. Well, I think the book, you know, it opens with... Um, with language that is so evident of Genesis itself. You know, you've got, um, you know, the, the generation of Joseph that has now died off and they're in slavery. Um, but Moses wants to be sure that we don't miss the point that although they're in this oppressive environment, although they're stuck in Egypt, um, he makes it very clear that they've, as a nation, continue to increase and multiply and are fruitful in the land of their suffering. And that language itself takes us all the way back to the the kind of creation mandate of be fruitful and multiply. So the book itself, um, the Exodus story, isn't actually a starting point. It's actually a, a continuation. And I guess one of the most amazing things is, is how long uh, the people of Israel are in Egypt for before this rescue comes. And you realize that God has a calendar of sorts that we just sometimes are so out of sync with. You know, he's 
he's quite happy to bring his purposes to pass uh, within numbers of generations and that our our generation may just be one piece of the puzzle and it's an important piece no less important but God is quite happy to to work through various generations and so the book begins with a strong covenant appeal that that God is remembering his covenant that chapter one is so rich with God sees them God hears their cries and God remembers and so all of that is very reminiscent of uh, God's covenant relationship with Abraham and it draws strongly on those Abrahamic um, ties. And so it's this continuation of God working with his people um, and, and God wanting to make himself known. And I think that's one of the other big themes is God is going to be revealing himself firstly to Moses. And so the first, the first 40 years is really all about Moses, preparing Moses. Uh, Moses is a very reluctant leader. He's a very hesitant leader. And in many ways, he was an inadequate leader, like many of us are. And yet God's sovereign grace, um, God reveals himself to him. He overwhelms him with kindness and grace. And, uh, and Moses runs. <laughs> the irony, he runs like Jonah. He runs away. And, uh, and then eventually he comes back. And, and, and here's what it's amazing how God uses um, a Midianite. He uses his stepfather, Jethro. To, to kind of get him to fulfill his purpose. And so just when you think God's only using and working with his covenant people, you see immediately the Gentiles already being woven into God's story. And so it's not just a New Testament thing where the Gentiles suddenly break in on the scene. You've already got Jethro, the Midianite, this pagan leader, you know, shaping Moses's own leadership journey um, and yeah, it just becomes a, a wonderful story of, you know, God preparing a leader and then God preparing a nation. And then obviously you kind of hit the plagues and you realize the sovereignty of God, the bigness of God, the majesty of God. And, uh, and I guess there's some tough questions too. You know, you see the, the steadfast love of God for his people, but you got to ask the tough question. Well, what about the Egyptians? You know, the, the judgments of God upon the Egyptians. And so you got to wrestle through those things, which are helpful things for people to wrestle through. Um, yeah, and all the way God's revealing himself, making himself known. It's wonderful. And you guys called it drawn out and drawn in. It's like period of, of life. Sorry, my kids are busy having supper. <laughs> but but the, that thing of being drawn out, and I think COVID, it's a bit of our season of being drawn out with the usual rhythms, the usual things. And and are we going to like them wander around in the wilderness for a while? Or are we going to allow God to shape us and mold us? And that when we're drawn back in, we're a different yeah. kind of people. Eh? Yeah. Great. Thanks so much, man. It's been no awesome worries. With you. Thanks uh, for, for loving God in that great city and for serving us. Um, you guys must know we're going to listen to Greg's sermons and we're going to give you our best impressions. Uh, like not as many surfing jokes, hey, I presume. <laughs> we're going to have to change those. But yeah, thanks, Greg. You're a great gift to the body of Christ, man. Pleasure, bro. Yeah, Good blessings to, to everyone. Cheers. Awesome. Cheers.